Princess Queen of Canada, I would now like to extend to all the peoples of the world an invitation from the people of Canada. She came to the throne in 1952. She reigned for 70 years. She was simply, to millions around the world, the queen. The most famous woman of her time, from her coronation to the outpouring of affection on her diamond jubilee, marking 60 years on the throne. As her 12th Canadian Prime Minister, I'm having trouble believing that my last sit-down with her was my last. I will so miss those chats. She was our queen for almost half of Canada's existence. And she had an obvious, deep, and abiding love and affection for Canadians. Forever a part of our country's history, remembering Queen Elizabeth II. Good evening. Thanks for being here on this day of mourning in Canada, Britain, and around the world. A sad day, really. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II passing away at Balmoral Castle in Scotland, her residence there at the age of 96 today. In Canada, many of us woke up to word from Buckingham Palace that the Queen had been placed under medical supervision over concerns about her health and that immediate members of her family were rushing to Scotland to be by her side. Hours later, though, the palace announced that she had, in fact, passed away. Here's how the Queen's death was announced on the BBC today. This is BBC News from London. Buckingham Palace has announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. In a statement, the palace said the Queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. Queen Elizabeth was the longest reigning monarch in British history, serving 70 years on the throne. For almost all of us, she has been the only British monarch we've known. A constant government's fall, leaders come and go, the world changes. But for 70 years, she was always there through times of glory and grief, crisis and celebration at home and abroad. And it's hard to imagine tonight in this time of such flux around the world, what it will be like without her. There is a new monarch. Her eldest son ascends the throne as King Charles the third as Britain's head of state, as Canada's as well. Condolences and memories quickly poured in from around the world, including here at home. Here's Governor General Mary Simon tonight. She cared about Canada and all the unique stories that make up our beautiful country. She learned our stories as she visited every corner of Canada during her many royal tours. She called Canada her second home. And Prime Minister Trudeau earlier today. She served us all with strength and wisdom for 70 years. As we grew into the diverse, optimistic, responsible, ambitious and extraordinary country we are today. And joining me now is Patricia, Patricia Treble. She's a royal expert and author at Right Royalty. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Oh, you're more than welcome, Beth. What a remarkable reign. I was reading the piece you wrote for Maclean's today about her mm-hmm. very long reign and, and how it all started. <laughs> uh, but really, just your reaction this morning when, when, when you heard. You know, so I'm, I'm on the media list for Buckingham Palace. So when I got that first email, you know, saying she was under doctor's supervision, I kind of went, okay, so you know, step up from the normal. But we've had, she's been suffering from bad, you know, from 
a series of bad health since um, late last fall. And so I was, I was like, okay, that's fine. But then I got the, saw the tweet from the Archbishop of Canterbury asking everyone to pray for her. And then I kind of, I, stu- I bolt upright. And I was like, oh, this is, this is serious. Um, it was such a shock. I mean, I, I was looking at that picture of, of her with the new prime minister, Liz Truss, taken just mm-hmm. two days ago. And there's a twinkle in her eye. And if you watch the video, it's clear she is enjoying herself. I mean, yes, she was not able to go to London the way she normally does. They had to come up to Balmoral. But she was enjoying herself. Um, you know, this is this was her and her element. Um, she was doing something she was incredibly comfortable with. I mean, 15 British prime ministers, 12 Canadian prime ministers. Did you notice, by the way, they all mentioned where they were in the pecking order? Um, Trudeau yes. mentioning he was the 12th. Martin mentioned he was the 10th. I mean, every, you know where you are in the line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I, I was, yeah. And, and so I, I think it's, there is great, there's sadness, of course. But I mean, she had an amazing life. And I think that that is, everything is tinged with that. Because, I mean, she was 96. She'd been on the throne for, for 70 years. And and she just is ubiquitous. And it's, it's, I think it's going to take us a lot longer than we realize to know that she's not there anymore. Because she's been there, simply always there for so long. Yeah, I was noticing today that her first prime minister in England, in Britain, Winston Churchill, was born in 1874. And the last one she met on Tuesday was born in 1975. <laughs> and what does that tell you about just what she had seen? Uh, but you're right. In fact, one of the last public statements she made, in fact, I think the last public statement was those condolences to the people of Saskatchewan over, you know, right up to the very end. Her love of Canada was a deep one. You really did touch on that in what you wrote today. Mm-hmm. She she adored Canada. Um, she came here as a young princess in 1951. She and Philip went from coast to coast, they, every province. Um, and she came back 22 more times as queen. Um, and she really did adore, like, she did adore Canada. Um, she always said it was like coming home. Um, and it was, it was absolute work. There was no question about it. Um, but I don't think you would make that many trips if it wasn't a little bit of fun as well. And she would often be able to get away, get away for a half day, get away for a day, and do something she loved. Um, uh, I know that on the 1959 trip, which lasted more than 40 40 days, it was a humongous trip, um, she actually got several days away and was able to, you know, get away and really explore parts of Canada that, to be honest, you or I have probably never seen. Um, and and that's what's that's what's so interesting when when I hear all these stories about people who had interactions with them. There are just simply so many stories, um, and everyone remembers. Everyone was a little bit terrified at the time, but everyone remembers. Yeah, you always. I mean, remember obviously being a royal, being a correspondent in London. I did. I never got to meet the Queen, but I did get to see the Queen a lot. And just the way that that every time she would emerge from a vehicle, um, everyone would hush. Everyone mm-hmm. would stop talking. It was, something yeah, it, was, about, it was remarkable. And there was something about her silence. You see, I think, I think there was power in silence because she never gave an interview, a media interview. She would do occasionally voiceovers for documentaries, but never gave a media interview. You never really knew what went on in her head. You never knew where she lined up politically. I mean, she was always the head of the nation. She was never into partisan politics. Of course, that is not her role as monarch. Um, but simply because there was that mystery, that enigma, 
you and she was from a different era. She was from an era when one didn't, you know, talk about absolutely everything all the time. That I think there was that appreciation for her. I think that's that's part of her appeal is the fact that she was ubiquitous, but we really don't know her, do we? Not much. I mean, we know bits and pieces. I remember so many people trying to sort of divine what it was that she would be thinking about or trying to parse her words to find some sort of meaning, whether it was during the Scottish referendum or any other of those, trying to figure out what she was saying. But she always managed to walk that line, to sort of stay both reserved, but in some ways, as you pointed out, also uh, quite approachable in many ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, she famously approachable. I mean, you you know, you talk about... um, uh, Catherine Clark, who is the daughter of Joe Clark, Prime Minister, um, had a lovely Twitter thread when she talks about she was 10 years old, she was taken out of school because she was going to be able to meet the Queen. And the Queen looked at her and just said, why aren't you in school? And she said, well, my parents thought that this would be more important, meeting you. And then later, there were, she was at this, the, the same function, and I guess Catherine was just sitting on a chair she wanted to go because, I mean, she's a 10-year-old, she's a little bit bored. She can't leave without the Queen. And all of a sudden, the Queen is there, and the Queen is like, why are you still here? And Catherine's like, well, I can't leave without you. And so the Queen says, okay, let's go. <laughs> and, I mean, she had that. She had, there was an impish sense of humor. A lot of it was kept very controlled and very behind the scenes. If you didn't know her, you wouldn't know about it. But that was the wonderful thing about the pandemic. As awful as the pandemic was, you saw the Queen on Zoom, and you saw those interactions. You saw those tiny little you know, gives and takes back and forth um, that everyone talked about. And then now the whole world could see them on Zoom because the Queen had to adopt to a new technology. Patricia Treble is with us, royal expert and author at Right Royalty. We're talking about the passing, of course, today of Queen Elizabeth II mm-hmm. uh, and her legacy, both here at home and around the world. So what now? I mean, I realize that because um, she passed away at Balmoral, that it changes things over the next week or so. We're going to see something maybe we didn't expect to see in terms of, you know, a celebration and uh, the tributes to her over the next week or so. Yeah, I mean, so they've been planning for this a long time, royal officials. Um, the Queen has been involved. The Queen signed off on it. Um, the plan is called London Bridge. Um, and they they named them all after bridges. Um Go figure. It's it's a British thing, um, and but the one thing is they they plan for all the contingencies. You know, if Her Majesty were to die here, if she were to die here, she would die here. And beside Balmoral, um, they put a note saying the most difficult because it's literally at the very top of Scotland. Um, so what's going to happen is the focus is really going to shift more to Charles for the next few days. Um, eventually, the Queen's uh, coffin will be brought down to Edinburgh. And then it will be taken likely by royal train down to London um, for kind of, you know, what we're used to seeing for royal funerals. There'll be a lying in state. Um, there'll be all the pageantry, um, but it will be pageantry on a scale that we haven't seen for decades upon decades upon decades. Um, but the focus really will be firstly on Charles, um, because, of course, he has to have his accession council. Um, he, now, he is, he is king. There is no question. The moment the Queen died, her last breath is followed by the first breath of the new monarch. Um, but you have to have the Accession Council, which is uh, the, the fancy name for the Privy Council when it's dealing with the Accession. He has to swear an oath. Um, there must be the proclamations which are put out. And that, that was 
simply from a time when you needed to tell everyone. You didn't stand on on street corners and say, hey, we've got a new monarch. This is the person's name. You're going to obey them. Um, and also he's going to address Britain and the Commonwealth. Um, and then you're going to see him and other members of the royal family out um, during the days between now and the Queen's funeral, um, which usually takes place about 10 days afterwards. So the, the thinking is it's likely going to be um, not this coming Monday, but the Monday after. Um, I think it's the 19th, but I won't I mm-hmm. won't swear to that because I haven't looked at a calendar. But it's mm-hmm. definitely the Monday is, is the thinking. Um, and you're going to be seeing Charles and, of course, his queen, Camilla, um, in all the nations of Britain. Um, so expect him in Scotland, England, Northern Ireland, um, and also in Wales, in the Principality of Wales. And you're going to be seeing other members of the royal family uh, coming out and about, likely meeting people who are lined up to, um, you know, see Her Majesty's coffin lying in state. Um, And if tradition follows, you'll also have likely the four children, maybe um, paying honour to the Queen by actually taking over one of the... um, uh, at the lying in state, they they could they might mm-hmm. stand in the four corners, and they've done that bef- they, they've done that before. Um, but there's going to be something every day. Uh, it's it's the sort of thing where it's 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 busy um, because there there just simply are a lot of moving parts. This is a huge huge event, and you have to get people from around the world there. Um, and yeah. so there's going to be a lot happening. And something we haven't seen uh, in you know since 1953. Mm-hmm. So it's been. Charles has a lot on his a lot ahead of him, doesn't he? I mean, he's been no. he's the oldest ever to take over as monarch. Uh, he's been mm-hmm. waiting. He's been in wait a long time for this. The challenges ahead for him in the next few days. What do you think they might be? I think the challenge is simply it must have come as a shock. I mean, look, you know, we also we also you know, as I said, the pictures of of the Queen two days ago. He has been up, up at Balmoral. Um, he and Camilla stay at another, um, they don't stay in the main castle. Um, so he's been seeing the Queen, um, you know, for, for the last few weeks, has to have known that her health was, of course, you know, not doing well. We were all looking, you know, look, we've been looking at her over these these months and seeing that she's been getting, you know, thinner and thinner and more frail. Um, but I think there's a shock because it, it's, it's a dual grief because you've got the private grief. It's his mother who's died, but you've also got the public grief because of course he is a public figure. Um, And he is grieving for the nation, for the Commonwealth, for Canada, um, for the monarch. Um, And so it's that dual role, which I think must be, must be terribly hard. Um, I can't imagine anyone doing that in the, in the full glare of, of the media, but as you said, look, he's had decades of training. Um, you know, probably the most the most wide ranging interests of any heir apparent that there has ever been. Simply because he's had the time and he's also had the inclination. So the environment and all that sort of stuff. But now the question is, he's going to be monarch. Um, he has to be apolitical. He has to be above the fray. And so. A lot of the advocacy he was able to do as Prince of Wales, he will no longer be able to do. Now, some things have now become standardized. When he first started talking about the environment, it was incredibly political and it was incredibly controversial. And now it's so standard that when COP26 happened in um, Glasgow, the entire royal family was there. Um, 
So it's going to be, I think, a challenge for him. Um, but I think it's one that he's been slowly moving into over the certainly the certainly the pandemic. He's taken on more and more and more duties. Patricia Treble, uh, we'll be watching. It's going to be 10 days or unlike we've seen many of us in our lifetimes. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Oh, you're more than welcome, Ben.